Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Uh, lots of news, so I had to go ahead and jump on here early because there's so much that's going on. Of course, the news that comes out earlier from Kyle Shanahan's press conference is that Jimmy Ward is likely going to miss the first game of the year with a hamstring strain. And it seems like the 49ers have been suffering hamstring strains all over the place. It was Daniel Brunskill recently that we heard about Elijah Mitchell, Tarverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley. All these guys have been suffering from hamstring strains, but Jimmy Ward seems to be a little bit worse than everyone else's. And now there's a chance he might not make the week one game against the Chicago Bears. And what's up, Lou? Welcome to the chat. It's very interesting. And the 49ers are going to have to make them some decisions in the secondary. And I was fully expecting to come and talk about Jimmy Ward, but then the 49ers also announced that they have made some uh, cuts. You know, they, they went ahead and they had to make their first cuts. They were getting ready to board a plane later today to head to Minnesota. So they, you know, needed to make these cuts before. Of course, the deadline was tomorrow to get down to 85, but the 49ers went ahead and took care of it. I think the most interesting name on this list is Darquez Denard, who was thought to potentially be the starting nickel corner, had a very good training camp. Now, Samuel, Samuel Womack played out, or I mean, just showed out in the first preseason game. Uh, but Denard being cut this early, I mean, the only thing I can think is maybe they wanted him to be able to land onto another roster. They're doing a, you know, a a good thing for him. But uh, it's one of those interesting things where I didn't expect it to come in the first cuts. I thought if Denard was to get released, it would be when they cut to fifty three on August thirtieth. Uh, but some of the other names that were waived as well, and these are, I mean, not too shocking. I think Josh Hokett being a part of this first cuts was a little surprising 
But Keyshawn Johnson, the wide receiver, he's the one that made the, the nice catch on the two-point conversion in the last preseason game. Now, he hasn't had a tremendous training camp, so it's not too surprising that they went ahead and moved on from Keyshawn Johnson. And then, of course, Tomasi Lalele, who they had brought in after they suffered the injuries in the interior offensive line to Hassan Ridgeway, to Maurice Hurst. And getting uh, Hassan Ridgeway back yesterday made it so they could do something in the interior defensive line where I fully expect them to want to keep four guys anyways. So they're getting their guys back at some positions. But it was an interesting thing seeing the Dark Wizard you know, mentioned in this. Uh, it's 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 something I didn't expect to see. Uh, it's a little surprising. And, and, and you know, now we're going to have to see them make some decisions, you know, at the safety position. And Kyle Shanahan said, you know, they could bring someone in to go ahead and, and bolster that safety position because of the fact that Jimmy Ward's out. And Dante Johnson has suffered the broken cartilage in the game as well. So there's a lot of decisions that need to be made for this team. Now, of course, they're going to be headed to Minnesota for these joint practices. So I don't think they're going to have, you know, a pressing issue there. But let's see who they bring in. And one name that came to mind as soon as I heard about Jimmy Ward and them potentially bringing someone in was Tavon Wilson. Tavon Wilson had been with the 49ers last year. He understands his system. He understands what they want from him. You know what? He was a serviceable safety. Now he's 32 years old. He's definitely an older safety, but he's a veteran that understands what his role would be in San Francisco. And he may be the most enticing safety that's out there on the, on the open market that they could bring in for a league minimum, you know, so they could bring him in, let him compete. I think it's obvious right now that Tarverius Moore and Talano Hufanga will be the starting safeties throughout the rest of the preseason. And if Jimmy Ward isn't able to go in Chicago, they will be the starting safeties in Chicago. The question marks will be who will be those safeties around now, you know, Jimmy Ward, they're going to want to keep him on the roster. Uh, so I don't expect like somebody like Taylor Hawkins to be able to make this team, even though they want to keep four safeties, they're going to have to be very strategic. I think they're hoping Dante Johnson will be able to make it. So uh, yeah. And Lou says he sent a comment about these injuries on your podcast, uh, prior podcast. I did see that Lou. I was working on getting on this. I was actually recording something earlier um, for later this week. And then I saw everything going down and I had to kind of switch roles. I wasn't able to get to some of the comments that have been coming through about this yet. I had to make sure that, you know, I was ready to come on live, but uh, I definitely, you know, am interested in this overall to see how they go ahead and handle the safety position now, because it's one of those things that's going to be interesting. And this is something I was talking about a little bit on yesterday's live stream was the fact that the cuts were going to be interesting because you had injuries at certain positions. I mean, normally you could just cut somebody, you know, at certain positions, you have depth that you know that these are going to be a part of the first cuts. You're just cutting, you know, the player that is maybe the lowest on the depth chart from the defensive line and from the linebacker position and from the cornerback position, from the wide receiver. And usually that's how it works out. But then you see a case like this where they're having injuries. And I started to wonder if they were going to be able to release a cornerback because you had Emmanuel Mosley, who's been dealing with the injury. Tarverius Ward has been out as well. So you wondered if they had enough guys in the rotation. I mean, you just brought in King Crowley last week. So, I mean, King Crowley could have been a guy that you could see them go ahead and moving on from, but they didn't. It was Darquez Denard. And I thought them releasing Darquez Denard sent a strong signal about what their beliefs were in Darquez Denard. I mean, in uh, Samuel Womack, I'm sorry. Uh, Samuel Womack had himself one heck of a preseason game, and I think they're feeling more and more comfortable you know, with Samuel Womack. And then my thoughts after that were, where exactly is Jason Verrett as far as you know coming back and his development, how quickly will he be back? Will he be back week one? Because moving on from Denard made a lot of sense in that area, but uh, Kyle Shanahan said he would be surprised if, 
if Verrett was ready for week one, which means Verrett is probably going to start on the pup list, which I think that is what we are starting to think and believe. Uh, it's It's been pretty clear so far that that looks like he's going to be out for the first six games. So this is definitely interesting. And uh, I have said in previous streams that I thought they were going to decide between Dante Johnson and Darquez Denard. They were going to keep one of those veterans. It definitely seems that the versatility, and Lou's talked about this a lot in chat and comments, the versatility of Dante Johnson to be able to play safety and play corner could be what the 49ers are really looking for. They could keep him as part of this uh, cornerback group and not have to worry about him you know, getting into the safety room depth. Uh, so there's a lot of decisions that are going to be made here, but the 49ers make their first cuts. They kind of move up, you know, move on from a couple of guys, including Darquez Denard, uh, who was, I mean, he looked poised to be you know, a starter. So there, there's, some, there's some definite things that are going to be happening. And what's up, Shane? How's it going? Uh, decisions that need to be made here and, and the ramifications of. Uh, Ronnie Matoya says, Ant, such, uh, such tight end is on the next bubble. Um, yeah, I, I think a tight end could be. I wouldn't have been shocked if they would have went ahead and released Troy Fumagalli as a part of these uh, cuts with the fact that Charlie Warner came back, but they might be easing Charlie Warner in. They still don't want to play George Kittle very much during the preseason. You need to make sure you have enough pass catchers. And they had lost Jordan Matthews. I think if Jordan Matthews wouldn't have got hurt and he was still a part of this roster, you're right. They probably would have moved on from a tight end in this, in this cuts. I think it is likely when they go from 85 to 80 from them to go ahead and move on from a tight end. They still have some decisions also to be made in the wide receiver room. They have a lot. Now, uh, they cut Keyshawn Johnson, and some of the other guys have looked fantastic in that wide receiver room, and guys have been getting open. But uh, Austin Mack, for instance, he's a guy that I've seen flash. His routes are pretty good in training camp, but he hasn't been able to hold on to the ball. The last day of training camp, he dropped a ball from Brock Purdy that hit him in the chest. And then again, and, and then in the game against the Green Bay Packers, he dropped a couple of passes. So Max got to pick it up if he's going to make it past that next cuts. But we'll see. And the 49ers uh, made these cuts. They're ready to move on and go to Minnesota. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, Candy R says, doesn't matter how hard you try, you can never get rid of Dante Johnson. I think that's the case. And I think they really wish Dante Johnson was healthy right now and not week to week. Because if he was healthy right now, I know I would feel more comfortable with the safety room, and they probably wouldn't be looking to bring anyone in. And you know who's probably kicking themselves right now is Adrian Colbert. He went ahead and signed with another team like a week and a half ago, and he wanted to be on the 49ers so bad, but he wasn't able to do it. Now, what I am excited about that comes out of this, and it's the only kind of uh, silver lining I can find, is the fact that we're going to get to see even more of Taylor Hawkins. I've been excited about Taylor Hawkins since they since they picked him up as an undrafted free agent. And I'm really excited about what I've seen in training camp. So let's see what Taylor Hawkins can do. Let's see what he can prove. Maybe it'll give him an opportunity to go ahead and be on this practice squad. And I think that, you know, he can go ahead and show out because he's, he's looked pretty good. Uh, he hasn't looked at the level of the other guys there, of course, including George Odom. And what's up, Gary? Welcome to chat. So I think that there's still development there that needs to come with him. But there's a, you know, a lot of positions that the 49ers still need to address. And Ernest says, let's go. I'd just like to tell you, I do watch every show, but last week I was on vacation. I wasn't able to catch the live shows. I'm glad to be back. Glad to hear your voice, my man. Thank you so much, Ernest. Uh, vacation, man, that's nice. Uh, who doesn't love a nice vacation? I hope you had a good time. Hope you enjoyed yourself, and it's nice to have you back. 49er football is in full swing. You know, we're going to have some of these updates coming up because you know they're, it's going to be next week. It'll be next Tuesday. Uh, they'll have to cut down to 80, so... The 49ers need to make decisions, and you know some of these decisions get even more difficult with these injuries that continue to pile up. It's unfortunate, you know, that you have to deal with injuries, and 
you know, of the other names that are there, I think Hockett was another one that surprised me. Not so much that he got released because you have Kyle Juszczyk, just that it happened right now because it was last week that Josh Hockett played every single snap. Now, the 49ers have been using tight ends to play fullback pretty consistently in training camp between Fumagalli, uh, Tyler Croft, you know, and Tanner Hudson. They've done that a lot. We know Ross Dwelly can do that. We've seen him do it. So I'm sure they're going to be working in Charlie Warner over the next couple of weeks as well, but that's probably what they're going to go to. So you'll probably see a lot of full, uh, a lot of fullback being played by these tight ends. I don't know how much we'll see a Kyle Juszczyk. I wouldn't expect to see very much of him against Minnesota, but I thought that one was a little interesting. Now, if it would have been next week, I probably, it probably wouldn't have caught me as much off guard. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson. I didn't, that was, that one I saw coming uh, Tomasi Lalele as well. Um, those weren't very surprising. Lele was a late add, and the only reason they really added him is because they had injuries in the interior defensive line. With Hassan Ridgeway coming back, there was just no reason you know, to keep another interior defensive lineman. It came down to Lalele or at Kevin Atkins, the undrafted free agent. And I think they want to see what Atkins can do um, and potentially see if he's able to make this practice squad. They normally like to keep a young defensive lineman on the practice squad that can continue to develop. They've been doing this ever since... Uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shannon got here, and since Chris Kacerik has been here. So those are some things that I think we're going to see. And what's up, Mr. Corey? How's it going? Welcome to chat. I hope you're having a good one as well. Um, Mr. Corey says, Samuel Womack's time is now. It definitely appears to be the case. Samuel Womack will be the guy. Uh, my first thoughts were, how close is Jason Brett to coming back? It doesn't appear Jason Brett will be back anytime soon, so he's probably going to start on the pup list, which means it's more than likely Samuel Womack's job. Now, let's see if they go ahead and slide one of these other corners to the inside. Uh, maybe they're just high on Quantrez Knight. I do like Quantrez a lot. He's a guy that I've been excited about, and he's been the, getting those reps right behind Samuel Womack at the nickel corner spot. So we'll probably see those guys run a lot in the next game, and I really want to see them play against Minnesota because I've been excited about Quantrez, and he's one of those guys that's instinctive and makes a lot of plays. Uh, so maybe they got some young guys that are going to be there. I, I really am excited about it. And uh, what's up, Freddie Mac Dre? Hope you're having a good one. And Ronnie says, Ant, thanks for all you, your hard work. I appreciate your grind. Thanks so much, Ronnie. Always appreciate everyone in the Cutback crew and you especially coming through, leaving good questions. It's it's a lot of fun to have that interaction with everybody. And I've really been enjoying this so far. And I think there's just going to be more and more uh, 49ers news that we're going to get to talk about. And what's really fun is we're getting really close to these games. These regular season games are going to provide a lot of conversation, so I'm excited. Uh, Lou says, how did you like West against Green Bay? Um, you know, I need to go break down uh, West, Lou. So I started getting into the All-22 film a little bit, struggling a little bit, of course, with uh, NFL Plus and the way that they break it down, but uh, been getting into it a little bit. So I'm going to focus in on West. I'm going to focus in on this interior offensive line. So just from what I saw so far, he had moments. Uh but I want to get really into it and watch every single rep. So that way I can get back to you with a, a better breakdown because right now I feel like I don't have enough information from what I saw just by watching the, the broadcast. And I was getting into like Trey Sermon and that last night. So I haven't really got to get into West, but I will, I'll get into it. And what's up EJ Hunter. Welcome to chat. Hope you're having a good one. Uh, Elsa, what's up? How's it going? Uh, I hope you're having a blessed day as well. Uh, welcome to chat. Um, yeah. And for years, Fogies thought West was impressive. Well, that's it, you know, and that's the thing. I want to get into it and watch his reps, you know, watch how he did because I've, you know, it's funny because I hear some people like, we'll talk about Nick Zakel, for instance. There are people that thought Zakel had an impressive day. There are other people that thought he was absolutely terrible. So 
But I want to get my eyes on him and watch those reps. And then I think I'll be able to really break it down. And 49 Fogey says, where do you get the All-22 film? You can get it from NFL Plus. They put it up. Uh, it's not exactly the best right now. You, you'll get into it, and it'll it'll glitch. It'll flip back to a play you know, from the previous series. So struggling with it a little bit, but that's where I've been getting it. They did put it up this year. Last year was a real struggle. I uh, had to actually reach out to outside sources to be able to pick up the All-22 film, but it is available. So if you have NFL Plus, it used to be NFL Game Pass, you do have access to the All-22 Coaches film. It's a little bit interesting to find, but if you go up to the top when you first get in and you click on preseason, go to the game that you want to select, uh, so 49ers versus Packers, down at the bottom of the right-hand side, it will say All-22 Coaches film. You click on that, and then you can watch it. So that's how I've been watching it. Uh, L says, uh, it, it was a breath of fresh air seeing Trey Lance hit that 76-yard TD pass. I'm confident that Jimmy G is not able to make that play. Um, yeah, I think L's. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think it is, you know, it's exciting, uh, that Trey Lance was able to make that throw. Trey Lance has got a lot of ability and that's something that we've seen on display during training camp. He, every single day had one of those just plays that he made something big happen. And it may not have been a deep bomb down the field. It could have been something along the sideline you know, or even something over the middle where he threw it over a linebacker's head. And then also, you know, in front of a safety and those plays always make you kind of sit up in your seat or, you know, get on your tiptoes. It, it's an exciting thing to watch. So, yeah, I mean, that's something Trey Lance has done consistently. I expect to see that consistently from him. So I, I think you, you know, you're on to something there. And I think everyone should feel excited about Trey Lance. And I think for the most part, everyone does, you know, and that's why I tweeted yesterday when people were putting out his practice stats, saw his practice stats, I thought about caring and then I just carried on living my life. Because really, I don't care about stats at practice. These guys are getting out there and focusing um, on certain things. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, I'm going to get into the breakdowns of these all 22 films. And, and now I really want to get into the breakdowns, you know, of the safety position, because we're going to have some decisions that need to be made there with Jimmy Ward, you know, being out for a while. And I think that's um, a little frustrating. I wanted to see Jimmy Ward and potentially Talado Ufonga out there. But I do believe that that Tarverius Moore and Talado Ufonga can get it done. I do believe that those two guys together can start against Chicago and the 49ers can win. And that's one of the things that's really nice about the 49ers building depth is you can go ahead and get through some of these injuries. We'd have been in 2020, you know, would the 49ers have been able to get through these injuries? At some positions, yes. At other positions, it could have been a real struggle. So I think the, you know, the 49ers having that depth at safety is important. The The problem right now is they've suffered multiple injuries at the position now between uh, what's going on with Jimmy Ward and also Dante Johnson, who played a lot at safety at training camp, you're you're kind of struggling with this position. And that's the thing. When you have one position or you get hit consistently, that makes it tough. Um, that's that's never a fun situation. That's when you have to go out and make moves. It looks like the 49ers are going to make a move at the safety position. What move that is, I don't know. There's not that many guys out there. But, of course, you know, you just lost Leon O'Neal to, to injury just recently. Now Jimmy Ward, Dante Johnson, those are the ones that are the toughest to overcome. And you've seen that at a couple of positions this year. But hopefully they'll be able to bring someone in. Maybe they can bring in, like I said earlier, a Tavon Wilson, a guy that's very, uh, you know, in-depth with this defense and what they want to do. He played all last year for the 49ers. Of course, he had a couple injuries in that 32. He's not the youngest guy. But you're looking for somebody that can come in, you know, get some reps, play in these games, understands what you want scheme-wise. And Tavon Wilson is definitely a guy that can do that and bridge the gap. 
until Dante Johnson comes back. So that that's nice. Uh, Mr. Corey says, if these injuries continue, we're going to have to suit up. And ooh, that's no one wants to see that. All right. No one wants to see me suited up, even though I would I would love to pull a doctor disrespect and be out there in the 49ers uniform. That would be just the coolest day ever to be able to wear the red and gold and kind of go out there on the practice field. I would dig that. Uh, I have like one or two reps in me, Mr. Corey, and then I'm done. I I'm finished. Um, I'll be laying on the ground. It'll be. I'll, I'll be like, uh, you know, I just I just need a can of corn. Just can of corn. Uh, that's what it'll be. It was nice seeing Trey Lance actually slide when he had the ball instead of taking unnecessary hits. You're right, Ellis. Uh, you're, you're so right. Uh, it was nice seeing that, and that was his first slide, according to him. And I think you're going to continue to see him make those smart, heady plays because he's, he's very intelligent. Uh, and he understands that he needs to protect himself because they're trying to go out there and win a lot of games. And he knows he has to be healthy. If he's not healthy, then they have to go to somebody else. So he understands what it means to be a starting quarterback. And I think that realization uh, by Trey Lance should make everyone feel comfortable that he's a good decision maker. And he has proven to be a really good decision maker all through training camp. So, yeah. And and uh, Mr. Corey says, Tavon Wilson? Yeah, I mean, go through the available safeties and tell me that Tavon Wilson doesn't stand out amongst the guys who are available for the mere fact that, number one, he wasn't bad last year. I mean, was he was he great? No, um, but he wasn't bad as a depth piece. Also, you're bringing in a guy to help your football team that understands your scheme already, and that's important. When you're bringing in a guy that can plug plug and play, you know, and they showed this a little bit, kind of how they handled the safety position last year when they brought in HaHa Clinton Dix, a veteran guy who has some skills that you can plug and play. And when you need to get through these preseason games, that's what you do. And Tavon Wilson's a guy that they could get on the league minimum. He's going to come in under your 51 top contracts. All those things make a lot of sense. And, you know, Portola comes through with a good one, Kainakua. Um, you know, maybe they would give a run at Kainakua. I don't know if he's on a roster right now, but you're right. That would make sense. There are, there are guys like that that have come through the 49ers roster before that they could definitely bring in. Kainakua would be one of those guys. Is a special team's help as well. So I think that these guys are you know, potential targets for the 49ers because they need guys they can plug and play that understand the the defense already. So, yeah, Portola comes through with a good one. Kainaku is a good option. And I'm, I think there's a couple other out there, but uh, it was just Tavon Wilson stuck out to me. But good good call there, Portola, with Kainaku. Uh, I did not think of that one, so well done. Um, and maybe, maybe that would be an option for the 49ers as they try to bridge the gap between Jimmy Ward being hurt and Jimmy Ward coming back. Um, at some point, he's going to come back, and then you know they'll be all good. And you know he's going to make the 53-man roster. They're not going to put him on any sort of list uh, after, you know, if it's a real bad hamstring pull. After they get him to the 53-man roster, they could ultimately put him on the IR and then bring one of these players, you know, sign one of these players, bring one of them up from the practice squad. That's something to monitor. Hopefully, it's not that case. Hopefully, it's one of those things where he's only going to be out week one. Uh, potentially, and then you could have him come back week two. Week two is against the Seattle Seahawks. I do believe the 49ers could win the first two football games without Jimmy Ward because of the extreme depth that John Lynch has put together and how good this defensive line and cornerback group is together. They could definitely put pressure on the quarterbacks, especially Drew Locke you know, and Geno Smith. So I think the 49ers could win in that situation. It just makes it you know, a little bit more difficult because you want Ward out there the versatility that he's able to display to go up and and cover a guy in this slot. I mean, we saw Tarverius Moore struggle. You know, he opened the gate a little bit. You know, let um let Dobbs get to the end zone uh, with that deep fade, and you don't want that from that slot fade. 
Uh, Jimmy Ward can stop those plays. Jimmy Ward has legit skills. Now, do I think Tarverius Moore is going to improve that? I absolutely do. I don't think he's going to make that same mistake again. I think he'll have a better showing as we get through the preseason, but I think they can overcome these. It's just going to be more difficult. It's never easy when you're dealing with injuries, but hopefully they can. BB50 says, how is Drake Jackson? Drake Jackson is getting back to healthy. He's working through. He had that stinger. The stinger never feels good. Usually muscle soreness and things linger for a few days afterwards. Uh, so he's working back, but he's going to be fine. He's going to be able to go. That's good news. Uh, I've definitely had stinger before. They do not feel good, and they they last for a little bit. It's painful, but the fact that Drake Jackson was already practicing it is a good sign, so I think we're going to feel good. And Robert Aguilar says, hey, Ant, are you guys going to break film, break down film this year? Yeah, I, I was actually starting to work on it uh, yesterday, Robert. Um, I started getting into it a little bit, the the All-22 film last night, um, dealing with a little bit of the NFL Plus. But yeah, as soon as I can get some of the film uh, to break down, I'm going to do it. I'll throw it over on Patreon. I'll probably put a little bit on YouTube as well so you guys can see because I want to break down some you know, certain players like Trey Sermon and all that. So I'll let you know as soon as I'm able to get into that. Um, but right now I'm having a little bit of problems with NFL Plus and the way that it's kind of glitching. So I want to see... You know, what happens uh, if, if I can get all the plays in one or if I have to reach out to somebody and try to get them to give me film. But I fully expect uh, to get in some film. I'm excited about it. And we're also going to be doing on Patreon um, a scouting report. So we'll look at the teams as, when we get into the season, the teams that the 49ers are going to play. We're going to go ahead and scout them, and that will be available on Patreon. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be coming your way. There will be some film breakdowns as well. Lou says, what I like about Womack, he believes in himself and he carries himself like a vet. Yeah. And he puts in the work. Goes up, he's one of the first guys out there. It's Hufanga and then it's Womack. Uh, the only other guy that comes out as early as them is Quantrez Knight, the guy that's backing up Womack right now in the nickel corner spot. Those guys are out there getting work. They're the first ones at practice every single day getting work. And those are the guys that are showing out. And they're saying Womack is doing the same thing, you know, as far as learning the defense and learning what his responsibilities are. Uh, some of the things that he said at the, the press conference, you know, talking about things are different at the top of the stem and at the top of the routes in the NFL with these receivers, I thought was uh, was a good sign. It means he's really paying attention, so I love it. Portola says, just read Kai is on the Jets and played a good game this last Friday, so no Kai Nakua, but thanks, Portola, for doing the research after you brought it up. I really appreciate that. Um, 49er Gal says, anyone worried about the state of the Soldier Field for week one? I think you have to be. You know, the, there's been a lot of reports about how bad that field is, and we know we've had the, uh, you know, the horror that was, you know, uh, 2020 when we went to the New York swing in weeks two and three and all the players that were hurt. So I think it is something to be concerned about. And I'm sure the 49ers are somewhat concerned. Um, Hopefully the players don't think about that. Cause if you start thinking about it, you slow down, you don't play full speed and then you can have other things come up. But I'm sure as far as a front office and a coaching staff, a training staff, they're really worried about what's going on in soldier field. And hopefully they figure it out because the 49ers definitely want to stay healthy uh, getting into week two. Mr. Corey says, as long as Ward is healthy for Denver in week three, yeah, that one's going to be important, Mr. Corey, because uh, Russell Wilson and that and that team is going to be yeah, is going to be hard to stop. I mean, they're they're a good football team. You're going to see a lot of familiar faces on the defense with Kwan Williams and DJ Jones. Going to be the toughest you know of the of the first three games for sure. Um, so those are going to be some some wild games. I, I I think the Niners you know have the opportunity. They got they got lucky with the way that the the schedule worked out with these first two games. They're going to be able to kind of get through some of this. Um, but I, I think it is a little bit of a, a struggle as they work into week three if they don't get back Jimmy Ward. And if Jimmy Ward has to go on IR, they won't have him back. 
And if they don't, you know, if they don't have him back, they're going to be playing Tarverius Moore and, and Talano Ufonga. You just got to make sure you have depth. And luckily they have George Odom as well. Odom can come in there, you know, and get some reps. He hasn't looked bad either. He's been flying around. So they're going to have some options. I fully expect Dante Johnson now to uh, potentially make this roster and be up for those games. So Dante Johnson will probably be playing safety as well. So, yeah, I mean, we're gonna, we have options. That's the good news. The 49ers have options. It's not like last year where the cupboard was completely empty. I mean, the 49ers suffered so many injuries last year at the safety position. It was, it was Tart. It was Jefferson. It was uh, Tavon Wilson. All of them got hurt and they were, they had to go out and get a haha Clinton dick. So they're definitely more equipped to handle injuries this year than they have been in the past. So I think they're gonna they're gonna be okay, but it's 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 definitely struggling. What's up, always faithful twenty four seven. Hope you're having a good one. Welcome to the chat. So I think that the Jimmy Ward thing is probably the thing pe people are most concerned about, you know. And and these cuts, I don't think were surprising except for Darquez Denard. Uh, he's the one that was really surprising. And Eric Dane says they saw Womack get two picks and immediately cut Denard. LOL. Uh, yeah, I think that you know they did see Womack play well. Um, I, I still have question marks about Womack and run fits. Uh, I think he's going to continue to get better at that. I want to see that development as we go through the rest of preseason. But as far as coverage, he looked really good. The things that you've heard uh, Tobiko Ryan say about him looking you know, sticky and being right on these guys is something we saw man coverage-wise. Womack is one of the better corners on the team. He can definitely handle it. I want to see him get even better as far as instincts and zone coverage. But uh, it, he's an exciting guy. He really is. So I think that um, there's some excitement surrounding Womack. And I think that they're probably trying to give Denard an opportunity to land with another team by cutting him early. Just fully expected him to be a part of the last cuts if he was going to be cut. I actually thought he would be on this roster early, start at the nickel corner spot, and then at some point uh, Womack would take over. But maybe Womack's uh, far exceeded expectations and is ahead of, ahead of schedule. And if so, that's good news for the 49ers. Uh, potentially Spencer Burford, and Samuel Womack could be making big impacts as rookies. You have to feel really good about yourself. The four yards go get Spencer Burford in the fourth round, Womack in the fifth round. Once again, late round success for the San Francisco 49ers. Then V says an ugly field may make the Bears game closer than it should be. That's the case. What you hope is that you can go ahead and win ugly football. You're going to get that run game going. You're going to play really tight defense, put pressure on Justin Fields. So I think it could be really difficult for the Bears to get any sort of an offense going. They don't exactly have the most explosive wide receivers. There's no more Allen Robinson. I think it's going to be difficult for them, especially if Ward and Mosley are back. Uh, Jimmy Ward probably won't be there, but if you have those two corners back, cornerback back, uh, it could help a lot. So uh, I think you're going to continue to watch these injuries and all these strains and, and soft tissue injuries. But if they are able to uh, get those guys back with Tarverius Moore and Talano Ufunga, they should still be able to beat the Chicago Bears. I think they can get it done. Golden Dragon says, with all these injuries, I got shoulder issues and I also my foot. I'm perfect fit to play for the Niners. Well said, Golden Dragon. That's pretty funny, actually. Uh, Always Faithful says, keep evolving, Ant. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, Cali, Native says, Cali Native says, maybe the shift at cornerback to safety or work out some players to bring in. Yeah, Kyle Shannon kind of brought up the fact that they were probably going to bring in a safety to bolster depth. Uh, then they'll have to make another decision as far as the, you know, the, the roster. But um, I think you're right. They could go ahead and bring somebody in. I think Tavon Wilson makes the most sense for me, the way that he fits already in the system playing for the Niners last year. Doesn't mean that's who it's going to be. They could go another way. Uh, they could also, you know, hopefully Dante Johnson, he's week to week. I think if he wasn't hurt, they wouldn't even be concerned. It would be Dante Johnson that filled that void. Then they would still be five deep 
with Taylor Hawkins, the free agent from uh, San Diego State. But yeah, they're probably going to bring someone in. Let's see who they bring in. Hopefully it's Kevon Wilson because I would feel really comfortable with him coming in and playing these games. And what's up, Coach Tim? I hope you're having a good day. Welcome to chat. Uh, Rob, Bobby Mira says, who else is worthy at nickel, though? Um, it's pretty much just Samuel Womack. And, you know, they haven't really been doing anything. I, Quantrez Knight has looked good, the undrafted free agent from um, UCLA. I've liked him a lot. I've been a, a, a big fan of him so far. So those two guys right now have been working on the interior. Let's see. Uh, maybe I'll break down Quantrez Knight's film now because we know they've made some decisions. So we can get into that a little bit. But, I mean, other than that, could they potentially move one of these other guys inside? You know, could it be time for Diablo or Lenore to finally go inside? I'm not sure because they're going to have this, some decisions to make on the outside. There's just a lot of outside corners on this team and somebody's going to get cut. Um, Golden Dragons thrown out there. Tariq Castro Fields can play lockout nickel corner. Uh, we haven't seen uh, Tariq Castro Fields play on the inside at all. Every single day I've been there, he's been playing outside. I haven't seen anything from training camp that showed me Tariq Castro Fields was going to be a nickel corner. I know there was a lot of belief that he could do that, but we just haven't seen that yet. Uh, BV says Womack seems to be a ball hawk. Yeah, Womack and Quantrez Knight are ball hawks. They go find the football. They're aggressive from the nickel corner spot, both good at blitzing. Questions are run fits. You know, how are they going to do in run fits? And I think that's something we're going to have to find out. And Cal Cali Native says, uh, Denora Kid will be a nickel back uh, backup maybe. Um, yeah, we'll see. And uh, him says Tarverus Moore looked terrible against the pass when we replaced Ward. I'm sure that's... I'm sure that's going to be the solution. I think that he's going to be a little bit better. That was not exactly the best reps I've seen him have. I've seen him look a lot better at practice. So I think that there were some situations that he went in and he didn't play with the best technique. So he's going to have to improve on those, but he's going to get an opportunity to go ahead and practice against, you know, some really good players with Minnesota in these joint practices. And they'll get to assess where Tarverius Moore is, you know, and if he starts getting smoked by Justin Jefferson and those guys, you know, then maybe they can go ahead and make a move. We'll see. Uh, Freddie Mac Dre says, what other young players do you see unseating a vet? Um, I, I mean, besides Spencer Burford, you know, handling what happened here with Daniel Brunskill, I don't really see another one. You know, I don't because uh, there's nobody that's going to unseat anyone in the linebacker room. I don't see a defensive lineman being able to get that done this year uh, because I don't think Drake Jackson's going to be ready to start. I think at some point, you know, later on in this year, Drake Jackson will come into his own. But you could tell he wasn't ready to go ahead and be able to um, play on all all the base downs and be able to set the edge in the run game yet. Um, there's still some things that he needs to do. He's inconsistent with his reps. So I really don't see a guy that can unseat a veteran right now at any position other than Burford or Womack. Those were the two uh, that could do it. And really, it was a surprise for both that both of them are already on that level. That's good news for the 49ers. We've been saying for a long time that if Daniel Brunskill was a sixth offensive lineman, it was good news. And... Uh, there you go. Um, Golden Dragon says, I expect Tariq Castrofields to make a pick six in a preseason to make the 53-man roster. I think you'd have to do more than just the pick six, uh, believe it or not. Um, so he needs he needs to pick up this defense really quick. Always Faithful says, Womack can definitely learn from Dante Johnson at nickel. Yeah, Womack has done a really good job. Him and Johnson played extremely different. Uh, Dante Johnson is very comfortable playing in the zone. And being able to you know sit back and and read, he's got good recognition skills of what the offense is trying to do and what they're throwing at him, and you know also route recognition. He looks comfortable in those areas where Womack is completely sticky when it comes to man coverage, which is great for the 49ers because on third and you know long situations they like to come up and play a lot of man coverage and put pressure on the quarterback. 
they would go across the board man coverage a lot of times that zero coverage look and Womack can go out there and do it he's one of those guys that can definitely handle you know the what he's gonna be what's gonna be thrown at him so you, you could use those guys in a, a bunch of different ways you could play Dante in certain situations Womack and others which they were kind of doing with Denard he knew he wasn't gonna be Denard and Dante Johnson making this team um, but I thought it was going to be Denard because I thought it was gonna, they were going to give Womack time, but maybe they feel Womack is just ready to go right now, which is which is cool. Uh, Cali Native says, Holman seemed slow to me, but comfortable. Uh, yeah, but they're comfortable with him yet. Denard Holman's one of those interesting ones. And what's up, Joel? Uh, welcome to chat. Because I thought Holman has had ups and downs at practice. There were days he looked good. There was days he didn't. And I thought that's kind of how his game went as well, where he had moments where you're like, oh, there's a pass breakup. And then it's like, oh, he just got beat for a touchdown. So there's a lot of ups and downs there. I don't think Holman ends up making this roster. I think he ends up being, you know, a cap casualty when, or I mean, sorry, a, a camp casualty and gets released. Uh, when that happens, I'm not sure. It could happen when they go to 80 or more than likely when they go to 53, um, because I expect Crowley to get released when they go from 85 to 80. But I think that he's somebody that could end up on the practice squad if they're not able to get some of their young rookies or young players that are going to try to get over there to the practice squad. Because I think he does have some ability and he would be serviceable if you needed to bring him in. Um, so so maybe. Uh, Ellis says, I read that the 49ers had the top uh, third most injured roster last year and they still made it to the NFC Championship game. I'm praying for a healthy season in 2022. Right now, luckily, these injuries are happening in preseason. It's not the regular season, which is nice. Um, and hopefully most of these players are still on a timetable to be back for the week one. I think this Jimmy Ward uh, is the first one since Maurice Hurst where we've had a player that may not make it all the way, um, you know, back before week one. And and that's a little frustrating because you want to see all the, your big time players all there and healthy to go you know, week one. But if Jimmy Ward wasn't ready to go in week one or week two, I think the 49ers could feel comfortable to go ahead and play Tarverius Moore and Talano Ufanga, knowing they could get Jimmy Ward healthy in week three. Of course, they would have to ride with, you know, 50 guys, 52 guys that are capable of playing in the game. But you can definitely do that. That's part of the reason the four, that the NFL allows you, you know, to have 53 but only suit up 46 is for that mere reason, to keep it kind of balanced in case you have guys you need to hold on your roster that you want to lose. And, of course, they don't want to lose Jimmy Ward uh, for longer than that. And Bobby Mira says, what is your projected offensive line starting lineup? I think right now it's gotten a lot of clarity because of the injury to Daniel Brunskill. So I think it's going to be uh, Jake Brendel at center with Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks at guards and uh, Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. If McGlinchey's healthy at the tackle spots, I think if McGlinchey isn't healthy, then the question becomes, you roll with Daniel Brunskill coming off injury. I think normally if, if this injury had happened, Brunskill would go to tackle and they would work him versus Colton McKivitz. Uh, but I think in the end, it ends up being Colt McKivitz because Brunskill's not healthy yet. But Brunskill, McKivitz, one of those guys will play right tackle if McGlinchey's not healthy. Hoping McGlinchey's healthy, and if McGlinchey's healthy, he's in my projected starting offensive line. I think it's a really good one, especially against the run. I'm excited about that group overall because we've seen how good uh, Burford and Banks look in week one. They have to keep duplicating that performance. They have to keep getting better, but they can. Uh, Tim says, more uh, by now should have technique down. But Russ, I agree with the factor. Womack, Lenore, I think maybe Holman will get some reps uh, there to see what he, they can do. Very quick cornerback might fit. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have options. They have guys that they can try to fit into certain roles. I don't know who they're going to move to safety. I think Taylor Hawkins is going to get an extra run, which I'm excited about because I, I do like Taylor Hawkins a lot. So maybe he'll get even more reps than he got you know, in the previous weeks. And uh, that's a good news for him. And that's good news for the 49ers because I think he's a nice young player 
that's had a really good training camp. Uh, Callie says, can McCrary Ball play safety? Kid has lots of heart. McCrary Ball actually was a safety in college, and they're translating him to linebacker. I don't know if they'd want to send him back to safety, but potentially. And what is up, Horst? How's it going? He says, my guy, using my break to watch the live stream. Really appreciate you jumping on. Welcome, Horst. Um, yeah, so, I mean, McCrary Ball was a safety. Uh, I don't think they would move him back. I think that could stunt his growth a little bit, but you never know. I know he looked really good when he made the interception and had a nice return afterwards, so that was good. Um, team one here, I wanted to see it. Uh, Cali Native says, Sermon or Mason? I like Mason better so far. Uh, I think I want to take a, a, a look at the film a little bit. I started to watch Sermon. I didn't think there was a lot of opportunities for him. In that game, there wasn't a lot of holes you know, for him to run. I did see him make a mistake where he stretched an outside zone too far and didn't get vertical quick enough. So those things I, I'm going to watch. I thought Mason had two very good carries to start uh, his his set. I thought those were very fantastic. And then his last two reps, I wasn't as excited about where I felt like he got the ball and he kind of just started you know, juggling his feet back and forth and did, wasn't very decisive on getting vertical right to the line of scrimmage early. So those are things I want to see both of them get better at. Um, but, you know, both of them have a, a trace that you really like. Now, Sermon's vision has gotten so much better. If this was Sermon from last year, you're right. Mason would completely beat him out. But I think it's a little bit closer now because Sermon has definitely uh, changed his vision and been able to get more vertical. He definitely fits the 49ers run scheme better this year than he did last year because of all the development that he's made. BB50 says, Ant, who do you see making the roster? Sermon, Hasty, or, or TDP? I think it's going to be Sermon and TDP to go along with Jeff Wilson Jr. and Elijah Mitchell. I think those end up being the four guys. I think Jamichael Hasty gets uh, you know waved, and I think also Jordan Mason does. Unless Jordan Mason and Jamichael Hasty continue to have really big performances, I won't put it past them. I'm just saying for what I saw at training camp right now, what I saw in the first preseason game, that is the most likely. Uh, but Jordan Mason has been pretty impressive, and I think he's got an opportunity. We'll just see if he can do it. Uh, and what is up, 49ers Faithful Forever? Welcome to chat. Uh, always good to see you in here. Uh, Callie says, Skule got smoked in the game. Skule did not look good. The first play, you know, the inside move, he absolutely gets uh, beat. It ends up being a sack because Trey Lance has to climb the pocket. You know, the second play, which Trey Lance ends up throwing a touchdown pass to Danny Gray on, he gets absolutely uh, picked up. He let, allows the defender to get into his chest plate and drive him back. Luckily, you know, Danny Gray won early and Trey Lance got the ball out quickly. Uh, it ended up working out for the Niners. But yeah, Justin Skill has struggled during training camp. And those struggles were very evident in the game as well. Uh, and Lou says Ant won't commit yet on Mason. No, I won't. And the reason is I haven't seen enough. And in fact, I've seen good reps and I've seen bad reps. And I'm always going to be consistent on that. You know that, Lou. If uh, Mason comes out and he shows out and he plays you know, to the level at which I believe is good enough to make the team, I'll say it. And uh, I have no problem saying that. I, I keep all these guys, you know, I, I don't have any preconceived notions when I went out to training camp about who these running backs were. And I've seen some of them develop, you know, and, and Mason's gotten better. But the amount of reps, I know a lot of people weren't out there, but the amount of reps Mason got was not very much. Uh, the reps that you saw him get in the preseason was pretty consistent with what we saw him get at practice. There's just not a lot of reps for Jordan Mason right now with the 49ers, the way that they've been working in these other guys. Now, with Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. being out for the most part, those reps have increased a little bit. Um, with added reps, maybe he'll show even more. So I am still excited about Jordan Mason. I've, I've been curious to see what he would do as far as breaking tackles. He showed some good vision in the game. So, yeah, I really like him.
Uh, let's see. Ellis says, was anybody also impressed with the backup quarterbacks? Yeah, I think so. I think both guys look pretty good. Uh, overall, comfortable with them. Their, the quarterback ratings were over 100 for each of them. Sudfeld being in the 130s, so can't, you can't hate on that. You got to love it. Eric Dane said, let's take a moment to appreciate that we won't be seeing Josh Norman or Drake or Patrick's coming out of the tunnel. But Eric, they just cut Darkwest and Nard. Doesn't that leave a position open? I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. I mean, they've improved that that cornerback room, and they've if they had an injury at the cornerback room, they can overcome it. Uh, what will be interesting is seeing these young cornerbacks go against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, really good receivers, because I don't expect Mosley and, and, and Ward to play. Uh, even in the joint practices against Minnesota, I think they're going to ease them back in. More than likely, you could see Mosley against the Texans uh, in a limited role. Maybe uh, Charvarius Ward, uh, Mooney, as they call him, if he's you know ready to roll. He's been working on a, on a side field. Well, it's possible. He could get there, maybe. Uh, Callie says, Sermon looks like he's running scared to me. Too tentative every ever since the concussion. At least he can catch the ball decent. Yeah, he's really improved in the passing game. Um, he's He's definitely trying to... Uh, run with more patience. So in this scheme, you can sometimes run past the holes. So what he's doing is he has a little bit of a different trait because he doesn't have the speed of the other running backs. He's using patience. He's letting the wash happen. In his own, what you're doing is you're looking for a hole to open. Sometimes it'll open out, open outside. Sometimes it'll open behind. You let that clear, and you're looking for that spot. So I think he's showing patience. So sometimes it appears... You know, that he's being tentative when really he's trying to be patient. And that's what he has to do. He has to be patient, get vertical, find that hole, and get going. Yeah. And Howard Blake says, will, Charver, uh, will Charles and Menahue break out this year? I think he's poised for that Arden Key role. He's going to be playing inside and outside. I think the fact they didn't play him in the first game shows you how much they believe Charles and Menahue is going to make an impact on this team. I think him and Samson Ebucom are going to have big seasons for the 49ers. What's crazy is both are going to be uh, free agents in the offseason, and they're probably going to get big contracts. So the 49ers are more than likely going to get some comp, uh, comp picks because I don't think they're going to be able to bring both of them back, which is maybe one, but not both. And that's, I mean, that's a good reason why they have Drake Jackson. That was why it ended up being a really great pick. Uh, Tim says, we could move ball to box safety and Hufanga back to free safety. That would give us a good chance, but time will tell. They could bring back someone who has been in camp I think we uh, got one uh, on Pup, too. Yeah, I think it's more than likely they bring someone in than switch someone position. I think they do like McCrary Ball at linebacker, and I think they see him as an eventual replacement for one of these guys if something happens. I mean, uh, you know, Aziz Alshire, Drake Greenlaw, one of them might not be with the roster next year. Uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles might not be on the roster next year. Crazy to say, but you're going to have to have somebody that can take over those roles and... Now, that's why they brought in Jeremiah Gemmel. Uh, they brought in Saguna Luby, and they brought in McCurry Ball, all athletic guys who can run. Uh, Gemmel not as fast as the other ones, but McCurry Ball athleticism is through the roof. Uh, he's he's looked really good in pass coverage, and he's getting better in run fits. I'm excited about him overall. Now, Oren Burks will probably uh, potentially be one of those starting linebackers next year, but they're going to have some decisions to make, so we'll see. Uh, Callie says, I like Titan Hudson's effort. Seemed like he did well. Tanner Hudson has come on through training camp. Early on, Tanner Hudson was an afterthought, but by the end of training camp, he was definitely pushing Ross Dwelly for tight end three. That's all until Charlie Warner came back. Uh, it's unfortunate, but Charlie Warner is probably going to be one of these top three guys. I don't think Dwelly or Hudson are going to you know, have a chance to make it, but Hudson's definitely been pushing, and Hudson's looked pretty good. So the 49ers 
definitely have a guy that could, if they want to, put on the practice squad. Hopefully he would sign there because I think they could bring him up during the year if they needed somebody of a case of an injury. I think he would do really, really well. Uh, Always Faithful says that's true, Ant, regarding Mason's reps, not enough. It hasn't been enough. And I think part of the reason is they just have so much depth and they want to put so much time into Trey Sermon and TDP. And you see TDP consistently get a little bit better with every rep. He's still got a lot of growth. And I think that that's one thing that they know they need to work on. Even the play where he had a really nice cutback against the grain, he cut back and he had guard leverage. The guard had the right positioning. He goes, continues going left. He's going to have himself a four or five yard gain uh, in the hole and maybe more depending on what happens when he gets to second level. He cuts back and he gets like three yards. Uh, so it wasn't great vision on his part, but he's learning. He's developing. I think that's what you want from these reps. Tim says, Ant, what happened with Denard? Why did he get cut? Do you know? Um, I don't know for sure. I really don't. And what's up, Paul? Welcome to chat. Um, my thought process was this was a little surprising because I really thought Denard was going to be a part of this roster early on. I thought at some point they would turn to Samuel Womack. I thought it was more likely during the season, though. Uh, the fact that they've decided to move on from Denard means they had decided to keep Dante Johnson because of versatility reasons. So they cut Denard now, maybe, to allow him the opportunity to get on with another team. That is my thought process uh, because I thought overall he's looked pretty good. He hasn't played bad. He's been consistent. But yeah, it was a little surprising to see it happen now. And Danny says, trade Jimmy G. Needs to happen soon like Jimmy G, but he needs to go. Jimmy to the Giants makes sense. Daniel Jones was not signed for the fifth-year option. It, right now, I don't know what makes sense for Jimmy G. Uh, I think they're waiting on what happens in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. Once that comes to resolution, I'm sure we'll hear some sort of resolution for the 49ers, but they have until August 30th really to make a decision on Jimmy Garoppolo. And it doesn't appear that they're in any, any rush to make anything happen. So uh, until then, I think we're just going to see Jimmy Garoppolo um, being around, but no one will probably have to see him anymore. Uh, so I, I mean, no, no resolution for Jimmy Garoppolo. It'll come at some point, I'm sure. Uh, and, and Lou have a good one. Thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Always have a good time talking with you. Uh, and Tim says Gimmel did some good filling in there versus the run. Yeah, Gimmel playing that Mike linebacker spot did pretty good. Uh, the problem is he's got like a guy like Demetrius Flanagan Fowles who was playing fantastic. Uh, Flanagan Fowles has looked really good. Now, it will help him that Curtis Robinson is hurt. I, it's unfortunate for Robinson who's trying to push to be the sixth linebacker and make this roster because they are five deep and potentially six or seven deep if you count McCurry Ball. And... uh and um, uh, Curtis Robinson, and that's not including Gemmel. Linebacker group is stacked. The 49ers have one of the best uh, scouting departments when it comes to linebackers. They do such a fantastic job. Every year they bring in guys who are undrafted or late-round picks that end up being big-time players for their team down the road. 49ers faithful forever says Burks was everywhere in the preseason game, always around the ball. Exactly. Burks looked good. He's fast. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. All attributes that you want from the 49ers linebacker room. And not to mention, he's one heck of a special teams guy. So you got to love that. Paul says they seem to give running backs more than one or two chances to show what they've got. Yeah, they're going to give probably an extended run to all these guys again. I don't know if we'll see any Jeff Wilson Jr. in Minnesota. Likelihood that they don't, uh, which means you're probably going to see Trey Sermon again. You'll see TDP. Now, I hope they kind of mix it up. Let TDP run against you know the, the one slash twos for Minnesota and let Trey Sermon run with a different group. I want to see how they move these guys around, if it alters the production that they have. I'd also like to see that them do that with Nate Sudfeld a little bit. You know, Maybe have Sudfeld play 
more in the third and fourth quarter and have Brock Purdy play early on. That way they're going against different competition. I think it's just fun to watch when these guys are playing against different uh, players with different skill sets. You get a really good idea of where they're at because when you're playing against threes, you have the opportunity to make more plays. There's more holes open. You know, and I think that's something to consider when we're watching these guys and breaking down film. How much of it was them making a play and how much was it, you know, the the competition at which they're going against. Uh, so Tim says, Burks, yes, played well. We still have Odom, too, who can play safety. Gemmel was 47. Uh, 59, Robinson was slow on coverage recognitions. Yeah, so they just moved Robinson to outside linebacker uh, it, it, within, like, the last week of training camp. It was something I had actually talked to John Chapman about. We were waiting to see if they moved him because there was no chance of him playing or making the roster as Mike linebacker with all the depth they had there. Uh, since they moved him to the outside, I think that's what they're trying to do. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Robinson. I think this is a setback. Maybe he ends up being on the practice squad now because I don't think he'll end up making this roster. I think they keep five linebackers. So uh, Tim says, didn't the Jets just lose their star quarterback to a knee injury? Salah is calling. If so, it's tr I'm true. Uh, I'm sure. When Yeah, he, he ended up having a torn meniscus. So he's not going to be out an extended period of time. He's going to miss the first part of the season, but they'll probably just roll with Joe Flacco until Zach Wilson's able to come back. They dodged a bullet there. If it would have been an ACL, I would have fully expected them to call Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And I think Shanahan and Lynch would have worked with the Jets very nicely. They do like Sala. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would have felt comfortable going there and being in that system with Mike LaFleur. That would have made sense. Uh, luckily, though, Zach Wilson's not hurt seriously. We don't want a young player like him hurt. And he's a really tremendous talent. I want to see what he can do in this league. But yeah, that would have made a lot of sense for the 49ers if uh, Zach Wilson would have been hurt. And I think it would have made sense for Jimmy too. Uh, Callie says, West played okay at center too, but I like to see him against some some ones. Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, West is one of those guys. He's probably not going to get very many reps against, you know, the better players. Uh, he's always going to be one of these guys that's lower on the list. Now he was more consistent on his snaps than Keaton Sutherland. Sutherland was taking the three snaps. So that was, and that's what Gary's saying in chat as well. Uh, Sutherland looked a little shaky and they had been working uh, Sutherland in at guard recently. Sutherland had been playing guard. Wes had been playing guard. They've been trying to figure out this 49ers offensive line and giving these guys opportunities to make this roster. But yeah, I, I really do think that right now, Wes might be the better option than Sutherland, even though uh, Sutherland played for Furster. So there's that comfort there. You know, Brendel played for Furster. Sutherland played for Forrester. Uh, so you know, he's comfortable with these guys. I think Sutherland's enough of a veteran that he'll fix the snap issues that he had with Nate Sudfeld, um, but they'll get it done. And and thanks, Gary. Gary's saying, hey, we got 21 for 53. So if you haven't had a chance to hit that like button, if you would do me a favor and go ahead and hit the like button, I'd really appreciate it. And if you're watching and you haven't subscribed, you would subscribe. We're on a push for 3K. I'd really appreciate that so much. So thank you for taking that time. Uh, really, really does mean a lot. Uh, and John, what's up, Sac Francisco? Says Robert Kandiche. Must um uh must make this team. He owes us at least one season. I enjoy Robert Kandiche. I enjoy his energy that he brings to this team. Uh, I think he is the guy that is right behind the four guys that should make this roster. I don't know if they're going to keep five on the interior. I think they might keep seven on the outside because I don't think they want to lose Jordan Willis and I don't think they want to lose you know any of these other edge rushers and um you know, like Kamoko Ture. Those guys have been playing really good. I've seen consistently them put Kerry Hyder. And Jordan Willis and those guys on the interior and let them rush from there. I think in nickel situations they could stop the run and hold up uh, in that in those run situations and run downs. 
Uh, so I think they'll go with the four-man rotation on the interior with seven guys on the outside. So we'll see if they do that. But I think if they end up keeping five, Robert Kindiche would be the fifth guy, even though Spence has looked good as well. He's attacked. He's made plays. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Spence end up on the practice squad just in case something happens with Hassan Ridgeway, you could bring him in because he's a penetrator from that three-tech position. Uh, Tim says, oh my God, Flacco is terrible for that scheme. I'm not a huge fan for it either. Remember, it was just, I think it was, uh, was it last year or the year before that the 49ers brought Flacco in for a workout? And I'm just like, no, 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 please, 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 please. We don't want that. Um, so I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that at all. Uh, 49ers says, bigger role for Ray Ray than most thought. Yeah, I mean, we did a video called, you know, Ray Ray's role where we really broke down what we thought Ray Ray's role was going to be in, in Kyle Shannon's offense. And I think that it's going to be a big role. The fact that they were instituting, you know, the Debo Samuel wide back uh, role yesterday in installation, and they had some parts for Ray Ray McLeod in it as well, where he lined up in the backfield. Uh, just being on a training camp, I had seen him run a reverse, run a fly sweep, uh, catch a screen, run ghost motions. Uh, just in those manners already, the fact that they put him in the backfield now doesn't surprise me. I think Ray Ray's role is going to be a little bit more uh, vast than people thought and using him to take some of those plays away from Brandon Ayuk because Ayuk isn't always the best at running the, the reverses, the fly sweeps. He sometimes stretches things too far. Ray Ray is a more natural gifted runner uh, you know, behind the line of scrimmage and, and in those roles. So I think it frees up Brandon Ayuk to be just what he is, which is a really good wide receiver who runs really good routes. So I think that they're finding roles for these guys that make sense. And Kyle's been looking for a multitude of guys that he can use in this area. And I wonder how many third downs we get, you know, Ray Ray McLeod in the backfield or Debo Samuel in the backfield. It could be fun. I'm excited. Uh, Tim says McLeod played a lot with Gray because no stars in the game, but I loved how the new guys played. Yeah, those guys have looked good all training camp. Ray Ray McLeod has looked better than Danny Gray. Um, even though Gray made the big time play in the game, that was exciting. Uh, consistently, McLeod has been making a lot of plays. Um, five five nine fishing says, "Are you worried about Ray Ray's fumble?" A little bit. I mean, if if I had been seeing it in training camp, him putting the football on the ground consistently, I would be even more worried. But I didn't see him fumble very much to at all at training camp. So I think Ray Ray's fumble. I'm going to chalk it up to being just a bad situation that the coaches can coach him up on. But I am excited that he has the opportunity to get better right now that it was in the preseason it wasn't in the regular season but definitely you have to fix that because Kyle Shanahan number one can't stand turnovers number two those sudden changes are bad for your offense and bad for your defense you want long drives you want consistency and the way that you're going to get those is by securing the football so if he continues to fumble it will definitely have me worried but that one fumble on that play I'm not as worried about but but, but I'm telling you right now, fishing. If we get next week and he fumbled again, uh, come back because I'll be tremendously worried about it. I do not want to see fumbles at all. Uh, Tim says Kandiche looked like he had something to prove. I like that he's good in our uh, D line. Uh, Co and Coach Kaserik, yeah, I like him. You know, I, I do like Kandiche. I like his energy. I like what he provides this football team. I've been excited about Robert Kandiche so far. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be tough to make this team, but I think he's the next guy. I really do. Zach Francisco says the NFL fantasy Debo, BA, George Kittle, Danny Gray, and Ray Ray on the field at the same time on some plays. Yeah, crazy, right? I did see that tweet from you, uh, John, that Zach Francisco. Um, you're right. There's going to be some situations where you're going to see all these guys out on the field together. And I think you're going to see a variety of different matchups all throughout the year. You know, you, you insert, you know, take out Danny Gray, put in Jawan Jennings. Uh, I think they're going to do it a multitude of different things. 
The crazy part is who's going to be in the backfield, right? I mean, it could be Debo Samuel in the backfield. You could do some things where it looks like you're completely spread out, and then all of a sudden Debo's in the backfield and it's a run play, and you got George Kittle blocking. It's it's tremendous uh, ability to kind of disguise what you want to do on offense and attack a defense's weakness. And right away with that grouping that you put together, um, what is the defense personnel grouping going to look like? Are you putting extra DBs in? You know, what happens if you put extra DBs in and then all of a sudden, you know, with the abilities of some of these guys to be able to block, like a, if, for instance, a Jawan Jennings and George Kittle, those two guys blocking at the point of attack, uh, Debo could get some really big yards. It's a mismatch that's on um, the 49ers winning the matchup battles, and that's really what you're trying to do. So uh, definitely excited about, about that. And, and Tim says, I studied Ray Ray's film right before we signed him due to anticipating wide receiver signing, but I was surprised how quick he was. He's going to be fun. Yeah, if you go watch some of the the Steelers film, it can be misleading. Uh, ben Roethlisberger just got the ball quickly to him, uh, and you know sometimes he didn't have very much uh, a chance to make plays. But in Kyle Shanahan's offense, he's going to be schemed open, and that's why Kyle Shanahan wanted to come here. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tim says, "Man, Ant, you are definitely the guru of Gab." Talking through this chat, I couldn't do that well. Great job, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I've been. Uh, I've been excited. I've been uh, enjoying going through this and talking with everyone. And I think that's the funnest part is going through the chat and really having a nice conversation with everyone. Uh, Howard Blake says those hospital throws against Hufanga are deadly. Yeah, they are. And that that's good news that the 49ers don't let Hufanga absolutely take people's heads off in practice because there were some of those from Trey Lance and Nate Sudfeld this year that would have got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel absolutely taken, uh, you know, to the hospital because they were, they could have been big ones. He's learn, learning how to protect his wide or wide receivers. And those are things that people are going to have to worry about when they play against the 49ers. The 49ers are going to have Hufanga there. And even Tarverius Moore, those guys have been laying the wood all training camp. You come across that middle and you might get popped. And I think that's a, a nice deterrent for some of these guys that want to operate over the middle of the field. Hey, you want to come in here? That's fine. Have your head on a swivel. Because if not, Talano Hufanga is going to absolutely take it out. So that's good. Tim says, I got plenty now. Hello. Have a good day, Ant. And fans, go Niners. And actually, I'm going to be signing off as well, getting close to hitting an hour, and I've really enjoyed this chat. Thanks, everyone, for coming through and talking about the cuts. Darquez Denard, of course, released in a surprise. Uh, not that it happened, but it happened at this time. And also that Jimmy Ward may miss week one. So thanks, everyone, for coming through uh, and, and, and having a nice conversation with me. I really enjoyed it. Looking forward to talking to you all again. There's going to be plenty of stuff coming up on the channel uh, throughout the week. Hope you guys all enjoy your day. Have a good one. Uh, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.